0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitka's fireworks display will be postponed a week after the shipment was held up at the Canadian border. Roger Hames, whose grocery business sponsors the show, says that the reason for the delay was unclear. The same vendor in Big Lake, Alaska, supplies several other communities in Southeast, all of whose shipments made it to Haines in time for surface delivery on a barge prior to July 3rd. Sitka's fireworks, however, won't arrive until July 7th. Not to be put off, Hames says he's decided to move ahead with the show anyway, just a week later. So Sitka's official fireworks will launch at 11.30 p.m. Saturday, July 10th. Hames has a long family history in Sitka and remembers a time when island living had more drawbacks than today. Television programming, for instance, was often delayed because tapes had to be sent by mail. That spirit is what prompted him to have the show on the 10th. We could pout about it, says Hames, or celebrate a little later. He added, however, that his grandkids will be disappointed because they are leaving town on July 5th. Employees of the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium must be vaccinated for COVID-19 by June 30th or risk losing their jobs. The Tribal Health Consortium operates hospitals in Sitka and Wrangell and clinics in Haines, Juneau, and many smaller communities throughout Southeast. Search, staff, and contractors were notified of the policy in late May. KCAW's Catherine
1: Rose reports. According to the policy, all search employees must receive their first shot or single-dose coronavirus vaccine by June 30th. Those opting for a two-dose vaccine must receive the second shot by July 31st. It's in step with a growing trend. In recent weeks, hospitals across the country have begun mandating COVID-19 vaccinations for employees. In an email to all search staff and contractors dated May 24th, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Elliot Brühl wrote, quote, the health of our patients and communities is our top priority and an ongoing concern with the pandemic and, quote, similar to our policy for employees and contractors being vaccinated for influenza, it will now be required for our consortium staff, external providers, students and contractors to have their COVID-19 vaccine. Employees who choose not to be vaccinated will be considered voluntarily separated from employment with SEARCH. Those who wish to opt out can follow SEARCH's standard policy for medical and religious exemptions. Those who are pregnant or breastfeeding, have a history of anaphylaxis or allergy to the vaccine, or oppose vaccinations based on religious grounds may choose to opt out. But they must provide documentation and receive a formal exception. KCAW reached out to Dr. Bruhl and search personnel for comment. Search is Sitka's primary health provider and has been instrumental in getting the majority of Sitkans vaccinated quickly this spring. 71% of Sitka's eligible population has received at least one dose of vaccine, according to city data. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose. The Alaska Department
0: of Fish and Game has lowered the sport fish bag limit for king salmon in southeast after an unexpectedly successful season so far. Resident anglers have been cut back from three kings a day to two, and non-residents, as before, may catch only one king a day, but their annual limit will gradually decrease from three down to one fish over the course of the summer. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
2: The emergency order was issued on June 21st after it appeared that southeast sport anglers were going to overshoot their allocation for Chinook by anywhere from 3,500 to 13,000 fish, and the hot spot is on the outer coast.
3: Really, Sitka does drive a lot of that harvest.
2: Troy Tydinko is the sport fish biologist in Sitka. In the emergency order, Tidinko explained that while overall sport effort is down in the region, the catch rate is more than double what the department planned on when it set the initial sport bag limits earlier this spring. The trend is consistent with what is happening statewide. Independent travel, in this case guided sport charters, is booming. Tidinko says the data suggests that charter fishing is driving the unexpectedly high catch rate
3: general that guided anglers are more successful than non-guided anglers.
2: But the flip side of the coin is that those guided anglers are mostly non-residents. There just happens to be a lot of them right now. The sport fish allocation for kings is tied to the commercial harvest of kings in the southeast Alaska winter troll fishery under a formula established by a treaty agreement with Canada. The total allocation for sport is just over 37,000 fish exceeding the allocation has undesirable consequences.
3: In the sport fishery, if we were to go over our allocation, then we'd still be held accountable to our all-group quota, and that amount that we went over would be subtracted from our allocation the following year.
2: And the high catch rate is troubling on another front. It suggests that king salmon are on the rebound. Again, the allocation is set by treaty, and many of the fish being caught originated in Canada. Alaskan kings remain in jeopardy, which is why many areas in southeast inside waters remain completely closed to the harvest of kings.
3: Things are not looking good for our wild king salmon stocks. We're struggling to meet our escapement goals on the mainland rivers. Um we're predicting that most if not all are going to be uh, of our mainland rivers are going to be below the lower bound. Of our escapement
2: Tidinko says there is no mechanism in management for one sector to pay back another if it exceeds its allocation of chinook that is for sport harvesters to compensate commercial trollers. Any adjustment would have to be made at the highest level of the department
3: we're doing our best we're managing to actually harvest at or below our allocation. So, you know, it would really be up to our commissioner to to say what was going to happen if we projected that we were going to go over.
2: But the objective of the June 21st emergency order is to make any action by the commissioner of Fish and Game unnecessary. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Canada's Yukon Territory continues to see COVID-19 case rates climb during what officials are now calling the territory's first wave of the pandemic. Officials announced an additional 44 cases over the weekend, bringing the pandemic totals to over 300. KHNS's Mike Swayze spoke with CBC's Yukon Territory correspondent Jackie Hong on Monday for a closer look into the outbreak on the other side of the border.
4: Part of the reason why this is kind of so shocking to so many Yukoners is because we only had just more than 100 cases up until the starting of this month. So more than two thirds of our total case count since March 2020 has happened within this one month span since about June 4th.
5: So it started with high school graduation parties, but are we seeing community spread now?
4: I believe so. I think the cases that were related to the high school parties immediately should have petered out by now. So far for the cases that he's been able to confirm, all have been the P1 or gamma variant. And one of the things about it is that it is believed to be more infectious and to cause more severe disease, especially in younger people, versus the original strain of COVID.
5: And how many of the people that have gotten sick have been fully vaccinated?
4: I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but it's only a handful. One of the things we've been hearing over the past couple of weeks over and over and over again is that this, this outbreak and this uh, this variant is targeting unvaccinated Yukoners. Now, there have been, like I said, a handful of Yukoners who have been either fully vaccinated or partially vaccinated who have been infected. But what we're hearing is that they're getting much less sick. They're getting mild symptoms. They're able to recover at home And again, the vast majority of cases are unvaccinated Yukoners.
5: So this is spreading heavily amongst kids. And there are reports coming out of Yukon that daycare facilities are being hit hard.
4: I know of one daycare for sure where there's been at least four confirmed COVID cases as of last week. So what's kind of happening now is that the chief medical officer of health is recommending that parents, if they can, keep their kids home from daycare for two weeks just to kind of to try and break that
5: chain of infection. The uh, emergency shelter is also seeing an outbreak?
4: What we've seen there as of Sunday, the chief medical officer of health declared an outbreak because there had been 15 confirmed cases uh, amongst staff and residents. So the shelter It does have uh, overnight beds, and it also offers meal services, basic medical care, uh, counseling supports for the vulnerable population, which is why news of this outbreak there is so alarming, because you're dealing with folks who don't necessarily have a lot of resources and, like I mentioned, are the most vulnerable in our community.
5: Okay. Uh, How are businesses coping with this wave?
4: It's been interesting, because here in Whitehorse and I guess the Yukon in general – uh, we've been at 100% restaurant capacity for a while now. You've seen businesses reminding people to wear masks, to ha- hand sanitize, to remain six feet away, but I haven't actually seen any close in the wake of this
5: outbreak. And And finally, is there any word on the border opening?
4: I'm not sure about the border, but we did hear from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau not too long ago that beginning July 5th, Fully vaccinated Canadians will not need to isolate after returning uh, from international travel. I'm not sure what that means for recreational travel back and forth between the border, but apparently July 5th is when uh, people who have both doses of an approved vaccine will not need to self-isolate.
5: Okay, Jackie, thank you so much for your perspective on this.
0: My pleasure. That was KHNS's Mike Swayze speaking with CBC correspondent Jackie Hong about a recent COVID outbreak in the Yukon Territory. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven
3: News.